Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. So excited for another jam-packed week. Before we get into what's on tap, though, quickly housekeeping duties subscribe to the podcast leave us a royal rating if we can get to three thousand ratings reviews i love that you keep track of the total by the end of this year that will be the best holiday christmas gift of all time please 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 and follow us on instagram at royally obsessed podcast Rachel, what do we have coming up in this week's episode? Roberta, there is so much. We've got Earthshot, which was magical and incredible, and I'm so impressed by how that all like turned the out. Oscars. Yes, we have a keynote speech from Kate, Harry's op-ed, and we're also chatting with Emma Cooper, who's the executive producer of the Diana docuseries on CNN. Hopefully you guys have been tuning in of every Sunday night. No, I barely pop up, but it is very exciting. And I think it's such a wonderful deep dive into her life. I really am enjoying it. And it's like a nice like end of the weekend. Don't you feel? Yes. And I am really excited for to see how, you know, to see the rest of the four episodes unfold. I think it's going to be. And then to rewatch it on On Demand. I'm hoping that they. Yeah. Everyone keeps asking me that. So we need to find that out and uh, and report back. We will. Roberta, how are you? Where are you right now? I am in Florida right now. I am down here for my both my parents' birthdays. Wait, they have so, birthdays back to back? I'm celebrating them this week, but my mom's is this week and then my dad's is Halloween. Oh, Halloween fun. baby. Both so October babies. Well, yeah, happy I feel birthday, so, Roberta's parents. I oh, love that. Well, that's sweet. I'll pass that on. But I, I do feel so lucky to be here for to celebrate both. I feel like that is kind of a big deal it to is. me. Like I just want to be present and here for those big things so well and it's also like I think this year with COVID and everything it's like having sort of more flexibility as we do with our jobs I know not everyone has that I think you really recognize how important it is to make those trips and do all that stuff so I think that's awesome and soak up a little Florida sunshine while you're there I hope the weather's nice First of all, how has your week been? Also, your long weekend. Also, where are you at in the Harry Potter series? The oh question gosh. on everyone's mind. Okay, you're going to get <laughs> mad about this, but I had to take a detour because I, my virtual book club, I had a book club pre-pandemic that was regularly meeting, totally disintegrated with the pandemic. We are bringing back a micro version of it virtually because everyone moved, not because we can't get together anymore, but because everyone is literally in different places now. So right. I have a new book that I'm reading. So I'm um, pausing on Harry Potter, but I – What's I, the new book? It's called We Were Never Here by Andy Bartz, and it's a thriller, page turner, so it's going really fast. Harry Potter is also going really fast. I'm about 200 pages in. It's just that I'm savoring it. I don't want it to end. Like I think that's why I'm avoiding it a little bit because I yeah. love it so much, and I get like – I'm just so into it. But anyways, that's that's what's up in my life. <laughs> I I like freaked out when I saw Emma Watson at the Earth Shot, which we'll get into. But yes. first – Today, we are sipping. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. 
Cheers, Rachel. Cheers. And that's pretty early, as you it's can probably so tell from early. Voices. I have actually made a martini. In a martini, martini glass. I am just so impressed by you right now. <laughs> Cheers. Mm. Clink, clink. Cheers. We'll wait till we get to do this in person that's, someday. That's a little shocking of a taste for this early in the morning. I think your but day will sipping... probably go better because of the yeah, martini. that's true. <laughs> well, if, uh, if it's anything like the Queen's. We are sipping martinis in honor of the Queen, but because, kind of on a sad note, the Queen has been told to give up her evening drink, which is usually a martini, says a family friend in Katie Nichols' new article for Vanity Fair, new as in last week. Uh, the quote also says, it's not really a big deal for her, the queen. She's not a big drinker, but it seems a trifle unfair that at this stage in her life, she's having to give up one of very few pleasures. Hmm. I know. It's a bummer. I had to look this up, how the queen takes her martinis. How does she? She has gin, really ice cold gin, three dashes of extra dry vermouth, and a twist of lemon. Mm. I'm an olive gal, and I, I love, love martinis, olives. so I feel really sad for yeah. the queen about this. Yeah. But also, this just in, the queen just canceled her trip to Northern Ireland this morning. I saw that. I really was so stunned to see that announcement. Yeah, so the statement from the palace on Wednesday today, I read, the queen has reluctantly accepted medical advice to rest for the next few days. Her majesty is in good spirits and is disappointed that she'll no longer be able to visit Northern Ireland. They made sure to say it's not COVID related though, but I mean, it's just, it's, it's a little worrying this. The it's worrying. Cane, yeah. The drinking advice. I don't know. It's yeah. Just, it's kind of been like a blitz of those, those announcements. I yeah. feel like though you have to re- take into account, I mean, obviously her age, but she has been kind of busy. So I think yes. just some forced rest, maybe she's like so raring to go all the time. I'm obviously <laughs> being incredibly optimistic here because I just. No, but she does. I mean, she's been shaking hands with like world leaders and often opts out of a mask inside, which, you know, I don't know the exact yeah. rules right now in London, but it does seem oh, like... Oh, I looked them up, Roberta. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're still... The masks are recommended. Because I was like, just thinking of all the occasions we've had with the royals in general, like masks are definitely recommended indoors still by medical professionals. And a lot of places they're required too. So it is fascinating that a lot of times they're not worn. But this announcement was clear that it's not COVID. Well, on a lighter note, we got new pics from the crown. Wait, oh, can I just say goodness. when I was scrolling through my feed, I actually just thought it was a fan account. Like I didn't think that that was Elizabeth Debicki. I thought it was just Diana. That's how good it was. I just went I right was past it. Shocked to see or to yeah, to see them on the same height because she's 6'3". She's so tall. And he Dominic West is not that tall. So he people were commenting like he must be standing on a, a apple crate or something because it's just like <laughs> All there's the no the way they're the same height. Yeah, but the pictures are incredible. And, and the I think it's going to be exciting to see her as Diana because I think that she does really pull off the look. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, really almost well. more than anyone. Like I really yeah. am excited about it. I can't wait. And the boys, like we're starting to get glimpses of Harry and William in the, in yes. the crown too. So. Those actors, like it is actually a little scary how close to real life they look. Yes. William and Harry as little kids, those actors are, they are twins. It is mind-blowing. But do you feel like this is where the crown is going to get weird? Like I feel like I'm not ready for it to reflect like what my lifespan has experienced because I feel like we've also grown up with William and Harry, whereas like I feel like in – Previously, the crown has felt like, oh, that's history. Like, yeah. you know, in the past, like way in the past. And I know Diana entered the scene in the last season, but I think I'm just like, what is this going to feel like? It's it's very close to reality now for me. Okay. Getting into our listener email, moving on. 
So this one this week is from Elena. I hope I'm saying that right. Or Alana. Subject line was royal sighting in the U.S. I immediately clicked. I was like, what is this? (laughs) She writes, hi, Roberta and Rachel. I started listening to the pod this summer, and I have been really enjoying it. My 10-year-old daughter has started listening along as becoming a royal watching fan as well. We had a royal sighting here in the U.S. this weekend, she writes. There was a big international eventing competition in Maryland, and Zara Tyndall was there competing. We are big fans of horse competitions, but having a royal in attendance made it even more exciting. Today, right as we were heading to our seats, Zara was exiting the ring and got an up-close royal sighting. I've attached my pictures, and there are lots of other pictures from her week competing in the U.S. on Instagram. The event was called the Maryland Five Star. Thanks for the podcast. We look forward to it every week. The pictures. She was so close. She was so close. Also, just royals in the U.S. Like, I am really happy about that. I want so much more of it. I feel like just having Harry and Meghan here, and then we have obviously Earthshot news that we're going to be talking about, but I'm just – I love it. Come over more. I was curious to think – to wonder if Lucas, who's only six months old, was – with her if he came up you know but i guess that's probably too young to go on a plane right now but i also just just really love that her daughter alana your daughter's getting in the mix it's like the next generation bring them on (laughs) i love it it. oh okay well this week in royal history and now this week in royal history we're really just out of left field bringing just a total gem nugget for your listening <laughs> pleasure. Um, back on October 25th, 1976, the Queen officially opened the National Theater. I feel like the National Theater pops up at so many royal occasions, so yeah. it's kind of fascinating to learn more about the history. It was renamed the Royal National Theater in 1988 on its 25th birthday, but it only opened in 1976 after years of delays. And by years, I mean decades. I want to play a quick clip of the Queen actually kind of announcing the opening at the very, very fancy event. Today I am indeed glad to join in what must surely be universal rejoicing that the much-needed and long-awaited National Theatre is now a reality. Okay, so that was a huge understatement when she says the much-needed and long-awaited. She actually laid the first foundation stone in 1951 for this building. Wow. And building later began in 1969 and finally opened in 1976 because there was just so many funding issues for this theater. Jeez. Have you seen it? It's on London's South Bank, Roberta. I don't remember it, but apparently the architecture is incredibly unique, and Charles has described it as a – quote, a way of building a nuclear power station in the middle of London without anyone objecting. It is like on a lot of lists of like the ugliest buildings in the world. It's heinous. It's like 1960s (laughs) concrete modernism is how it's described. And apparently it's a magical theater. Like one of the, like the best inside, it's like the best experience to watch theater compared to like any other place in the world. But I just, I thought that was fascinating to hear Charles's take. It reminds me a little bit of the Lincoln Center, although yeah. I think it actually is a little bit more like um, that brutalism or whatever. Yeah, like it doesn't bother me. I, I think it's yeah. cool. I love these buildings in general. But yeah, the Queen opened it to a great amount of fanfare, fireworks, big band, lots of huge turnout, and it was pouring rain, classic London. Um, I thought it was fun because I was really like just looking back. But the original home when the theater first opened, it was the Old Vic for 13 years. And when mm-hmm. I was in London, I actually had a chance to go and see a show at the Old Vic with nice. Daniel Radcliffe. So a little Harry Potter nod. It was Rosencrantz and Gildenstern <laughs> are dead, which is a great show. 
But I just feel like the National Theater really pops up so many times. Like, do you remember, I mean, Meghan Markle was given this patronage from the Queen. I was just going to say that's her patronage, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in 2019, it was one of the first of four that the Queen gave to Meghan. And the Queen had been a patron of the Royal National Theater for 45 years at that point. So it was a big moment. It was also something that really aligned with Meghan's experience. That felt so... Yeah, it felt so sweet, like so on par for Megan and so sweet of the queen to like make sure that the interests she had before her royal life were kind of honored in that way. So I thought that was really touching. Yeah. And it was also remember we saw Megan do I think it was kind of an under it wasn't a hugely publicized event. But when she went back for the tour of the Commonwealth, like for Commonwealth Day on her final block of time in the UK as a as a senior member of the royal family she popped by the national theater this is making me mad because Roberta I was going to wear the white top shop blouse do you remember that I bought that yes with the that Megan wore, oh my gosh I yeah. meant to put it on this morning and I forgot because I was doing this too late um I meant to put a sticky note reminder but you I I was <laughs> flashing back because the white top shop blouse that Megan wore to the National Theater was kind of this like frantic pre-COVID purchase that I made. And I kind of feel like I was like stress shopping because it was the I did this like a week before the world shut down. I feel like yeah. it was really close. Remember when they were on right. their tour um right. to right before COVID really hit? The end of March. And yeah, I was like tracking it down and I couldn't get it in the US and it was in the UK. So I bought it and I had it sent to a friend that lived there. Then he shipped it to me and then all these COVID delays. I think he got COVID, so he couldn't so send it right away. Got the shirt, I finally though. got it. It's in my closet, but where have I had a chance to wear it? Are so, you obsessed with it though? Is it the first? It's thing really wear pretty. When you go I don't oh, know if nice. I, the puff sleeve is a little weird, but I feel like I like on me. I just need to try it on again. I was not in the zone when I first tried it on, but I have a white skirt. I'm trying to like emulate Megan in that look. Anyways, love it. I just want to end by saying the National Theater has, is definitely reopened for business. I know it's pared back compared to the initial the slate of shows that they typically do, but everyone should go, go, go. I just want to say that. Josh O'Connor was just in a performance recently. So oh, that would be so cool. Check the slate. Him. Okay. In a show. That's it. This was a really fun royal history, <laughs> Yeah, I Rachel. thought so. Thank, Thank you, you, Roberta. So <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> Okay, our news of the week, our royal news of the week, we're going to kick it off first with some what I'm calling royal tidbits. Mm-hmm. If you have a better name, please write it. in because this isn't a good name at all. There's nothing that <laughs> Roberta's the queen R. of branding too. So I feel like I, I trust royal tidbits it is. It's perfect. Royal tidbits. So we're just gathering up everything that's not Cambridge related so that Rachel can get into that. <laughs> but <laughs> first up, we have Harry's op-ed. He co-authored in the Washington Post an op-ed with Reinhold Mangundu a Namibian poet and conservationist on greater environmental protection for the Okavango watershed in Southern Africa. They wrote the areas at risk after Recon Africa, a Canadian oil and gas company was granted permission to look for oil there. The only thing I could think of when I was reading this was Ted Lasso oh and Sam gosh. and Dubai Air and the we have Nigerian not given oil that company. show enough airtime, but I digress. Quickly, can we <laughs> can we really go on a tangent? Did yes. you watch the finale? Of course I did. I I like appointment TV for was me. Was your jaw on the floor at the very end of the, the last scene? jaw on the floor? Like I don't even want to give spoilers if people aren't caught up. But like I my know. goodness, Nate. But like at this point, we've given you enough time to watch. It. Yes, come on, people. Nice. I was so I just. Uh, and I think the relationships too. Like, there's one relationship in particular, Roy. 
that I'm just really stressed about. And I need the next season. Okay, back to Harry's op-ed. Yes. So (laughs) both authors wrote they had found sanctuary and inspiration in the Okavango, which is basically Harry referencing, you know, he visited when his when Diana died, when his mother passed away, um, very shortly after he was in this region. Also, again, with Megan in the early days of their courtship, we know all about, you know, after finding freedom, that date that they had staying at the Mino Aquena Safari Camp in August of 2017. It was like their, what, the third date or something? Yeah. It was like six mm-hmm. weeks after they had met. Uh I think the big thing recently, though, is that Leonardo DiCaprio is kind of like backing Harry up on this, has posted not once, not twice, but three times since Harry's op-ed on Instagram about these conservation efforts in this region. I think they should do an Apple TV series. I would How love that. I think that's a great that partnership. Be? Yeah. I feel like incredible. the power of that duo, I would be really excited. I'm just also just – Harry's words, I love when he puts pen to paper because – and Megan yeah. too. I just – I really feel like they're ex- excellent writers. Probably have a great editor too, but I just – I really I really enjoy hearing straight from their mouth. That sounded yes, weird. And but <laughs> I, I will say I'm calling it now. Leonardo DiCaprio, Harry, even a scripted series, even like a you know, yeah. Hotel Rwanda-esque, like I would be so here for it. Yeah, so totally. All right. Another royal tidbit. These paparazzi pics of B and Edo. Did you see this? So I didn't. I, I I'm gonna click your link here. Click the link. Um, they look radiant. They are the <laughs> happiest new parents I've ever seen. They're smiling ear to ear. It's very Sweet. And now I want a quilted coat, which I've been looking at a few options. One on Everlane. I'm down to get one. May I just say I just passed a lady in my lobby of my building and complimented her quilted jacket. It is on my radar. And we're both getting quilted coats. And I interviewed – I actually wrote a story for Pure Wow, just a minor detour again, about rainy day fashion in London. And I chatted with Bethan Holt, and she said quilted coats are everywhere in the UK right now for rainy day weather, but also just in general. So – you right. heard it from Bethan, so she's it's in the official. know. <laughs> and as of today, Sienna has been added to the royal family website. Nice. So she's 11th in line. So they they updated one month after just like baby Lily and August. It took a while. It was two months. So, um, And then we just wanted to play really quickly a clip from Billie Eilish on ABC's Jimmy Kimmel Live. She talked about meeting the royals at the Bond premiere, and I thought this was just gold. So we have to play it. You met uh, the royal family. You, I assume you got they read you the rules and all that stuff before oh, yeah. you met them. Oh yeah, there was a whole list of things. Did I you pay attention to those rules? You did not. I no, had but, a feeling. No, you but know. I tried to. I, I was planning on it, and they were just so normal. Like they were just. They didn't make me feel like oh I'm scared. I can't talk to them. And they were they were like very question like they just complimentary and they had all these questions for me and they. They were just very friendly and, like, funny and sweet. I don't know. I can't complain. It was amazing. Between that and Rami, I feel like the Cambridges are so on their game at these premieres and, like, so good at just chatting to the people they just met. I'm also really into Jimmy Kimmel's second appearance in a row on our pod. <laughs> it's like he's coming, becoming royal adjacent. He's always yeah, asking the question. Like the royal reporter on the ground? Like, what's going on? I think I just, he just really loved that Bond premiere. All of us did. Yeah, and he always asks about the Royals, I think, because he knows people are just super interested in what it's like to talk to them. Smart. All right, we Rachel, for your it. turn. Okay, so Cambridge's so much news, my goodness. We They were everywhere this week, mainly Earthshot, Roberta. What an amazing event. Like, I just, 
I really, really am proud of William for this because I personally care so much about climate change and the environment. And I thought it was so cool to just kind of see this like Oscar level event that was like, I think what felt so gratifying about it was that when you see the award winners, right? Like, sure. It's not like, let's say Leonardo DiCaprio stepping up to the mic or something like that. And, but it's, seeing something that's really going to have an impact, right? Like yeah. you're just – And how happy they were to to win a million dollars. You like, can I feel think that so like, good about they, it. Every single person that that they – you know, they show the uh, live feed of them or like jumping up and down like this is incredible. And it's like they're all trying to make the world a it better place. It felt like we all won. Like when yeah. they won, we all won because they're right. doing really good things. So Yeah, um, I – I will say I didn't watch it live because I deleted my Facebook. Oh, yeah. And didn't, re- you know, after the Facebook whistleblower stuff and all the reports yeah. about like the targeting kids and whatever, I just was like, I'm done. I'm done. And who knows? I might get back on. And I know that Instagram is owned by Facebook. So don't know. be like Roberta, you're a hypocrite. But I want to say that the best part after, after, yeah, after watching highlights was the stage being like a, uh, TV, like a globe the whole time that was so it was beautiful cool. like and it I even so thought cool. like you know when Kate was presenting like I want to play a clip from that because but and that obviously doesn't give you a visual this is a podcast but the the trees behind her just whoever did the lighting and sort of the technological what do we call that what do we call yeah, that set design or <laughs> set something design. Like set design yeah <laughs> I just thought I mean they did an amazing job it was beautiful and yeah. it felt kind of meditative so I while we're I'm gonna jump ahead I loved highlights for me Kate, as a presenter, was amazing. Let's play that clip. Nature is vital to us all. A thriving natural world regulates our climate, nurtures our physical and mental health, and helps feed our families. But for too long, we've neglected our wild spaces, and now we're facing a number of tipping points. If we don't act now, we will permanently destabilize our planet, and we will rob our children of the future they deserve. I just think that's definitely something that's really out of her element. I mean, as much as we know that the royals are celebrities in a lot of way, they're not like stepping up to the microphone in that like Hollywood way. And I think she, mm-hmm. could, you could tell that she was a little bit out of her comfort zone a little bit, but yeah. she did a great job. I was really... Yeah, she did. Emma Thompson also an amazing presenter. Oh my like, gosh. is an actress on stage at all times. She looked phenomenal. Yeah. She looked okay. Amazing. I'm just jumping all over because I want to talk about Emma Thompson for a second too because did you – so the direction was – Emma revealed that the direction – sorry, Emma Thompson because there were two Emmas at this event – that yeah. the event note said, please do not buy anything new for this, which I thought, mm-hmm. you know, makes sense, sustainability. Yeah. Um, so Emma rewore the same look from when she last saw William, which was when she got her damehood. And I thought that was really kind of clever of her to do that plus Smart. the badge that they gave her um and I, I just thought that was great she also joked that she her mic wasn't working when she stepped up to do her announcement um oh. it fell in the toilet in the bathroom apparently and she blamed like the the eco-friendly lighting because it was kind of dim oh my god <laughs> just a little joke 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 but she looked phenomenal emma watson what did you think of her dress I, it was like made out of ten different wedding dresses from a, um, from Oxfam. Or, the, yeah, ten different garments or something. Yeah. On first sighting, I was like, oh, it's a little weird. The shape is weird. But uh, on closer inspection, I was like, that's actually really beautiful. And I love the like pants under the dress. I think, I think she pulled it off. She also just like, I'm just such a big Emma Watson fan. So yes. like when she was presenting, I was kind of having a fangirl moment. I can only see Hermione, and she just, I think 
crushed it too. Like everyone did such a good job. The only thing that was weird was the green carpet. It like it kind the, of just isn't... the way the it wasn't up to par for me because I think the way the cameras and the press were all facing, you just saw the parking lot behind them. Yeah, I was gonna say that it felt a little like anticlimactic. The arrivals, like when I saw that, yeah. it, feel, it felt a little sparse. Like when people were arriving, like you're used to like crowds all around it. Like I almost feel like they need to amp that up for next year to just like yeah. hype, you like a hype hype people. And I also like William and Kate. They like you know, are so professional and they come out and they glide out of this all electric Audi or whatever. And they step onto the carpet, which was really short, but they are so close, but not touching. And I think it's so much tension for us because we just want them to be like all over each other. And, but Chris Jackson has exclusive photos for people magazine this morning and they are holding hands as they leave the green carpet. Okay. Well, we're, we're jumping so all really over cute. because Kate and William, let's talk about what they were. What was your reaction to the Alexander McQueen repeat? Was that what you were expecting? Like initial reaction was, um, it's, it's beautiful. She looks ethereal, but it doesn't wow. Like James Bond level. Wow. It's hard to follow up James Bond. <laughs> but then I thought, you know, she's really letting William shine. This is his event and she isn't supposed to be the center of attention for this. And I think also like, I would love to fit into a dress I wore 10 years ago. Like, way to rub it in. Jeez. Like, she, she, just, I mean, she looked incredible. Bit. She looked incredible. Yeah, I think for me, that look was so big for me back when she wore it to the BAFTA event in LA mm-hmm. that I was so – my it, like, took my – I was – just to see that dress again, I was so excited. And she obviously swapped out the belt. She wore a white belt in LA and a mm-hmm. gold belt now. But I was so excited about it because when they wore it to the BAFTAs in LA, I felt like it was a real – power moment for them. So I think I just immediately thought back to that. But I, I do agree that I think that her William also amped it up, you know? And yeah, it was- don't you think that she almost could like she was a little bit more toned down and subdued so that he could shine. And I think that his green velvet blazer stole the show. It was the turtleneck. So dapper, so James Bond, just like Daniel Craig wearing raspberry velvet on the red carpet. Like he also I don't know how true this is, but supposedly the trousers he wore are from 20 years ago, which I was like, okay, the Cambridges really have a way of rubbing in that none of my clothes fit anymore (laughs) after COVID. Like, geez. Well, also, do you think that there was any hinting? Because obviously they announced that the next Earthshot event next year will be in America. That's a big deal. Do you think there was any hinting with Kate's fashion because she wore Mm. an Alexander Queen outfit that she last wore in LA. Is that a hint at the location? Do you oh, think? I didn't think about that. I, I was have like, a lot. Can I have, I have a, a wish list that Harry co-hosts with William next year? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. See, that's the thing. I have a lot of questions about that. Will the Sussexes attend? Will it be in LA? It might not be in it'll, California. It'll be super awkward either. Like, it just, it feels like there's so much pressure on that aspect, which is interesting. It's also, you know, no one was flown into this award ceremony, especially for the award ceremony yeah. in order to not, um, you know, increased carbon emissions. So I think how will they handle that with going to America next year? I think that's a big deal to be sustainable in every aspect. And they truly did that. It sounds like from the Maybe lighting they would in the fly bathroom. commercial. Yeah, I, I know. Guess, but I just think, you know, it'd be nice if they kind of continue to spotlight the UK and the Commonwealth for this. I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of feelings on that. I, I can't decide because I'm so excited. Like it could be amazing. We could go like it's yeah. possible that we could get there. So who all knows? right. I just want to quickly, I feel like I'm taking way too much time on this. Can I just quickly mention a couple of the winners here? Yes. I just want to say that like, just to shout them out. I just want to say the city of Milan won for its food waste hubs that take unused meals and distribute them to the hungry. Costa Rica won for its efforts to pay citizens to plant trees. It's helping reverse deforestation 
foundation. So many incredible award winners, and I just don't want to lose sight of those efforts here. Um, I got to move on, though, right? We got to move yeah, on. Yeah, move on, move on, move on. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Kate, she gave a keynote speech for Addiction Awareness Week in the UK. It was part of the work that she does with one of her patronages, the Forward Trust. It was called, the event was, or the campaign is taking action on addiction. I loved what she said. I feel like she talked about how, obviously, addiction is not a choice. It's a mental health condition, but it's really very rarely viewed as that. And I think that that's a really important thing to think about. And I really also love that this dovetails with her work on the early years because we know Mm. how critical those first years of life are in terms of development and addiction can really take a toll if you're dealing with a family member with that. So I think it just all really is a wonderful, you know, kind of combination of what she's working on. Yeah, especially because she jumped into this in June. So it hasn't been that long. But I think she's, she's been, been working on it for a number of years, though. Like oh, this wow. patronage, okay. I think she's been, I think her work behind the scenes goes back almost a decade, even with this cause. Wow. So the only thing I could think of was the out, I mean, this is an incredible event, but I want to say the, uh, what is it, the surface level of reaction just with, because the outfit is so incredible, the all red. I and know. I do think, she's either, you know, subconsciously taking notes from Megan's playbook or something because like Megan nailed the all monochrome look in New York and before that too. And I think Kate has done a really good job of that. So I just, yeah, I just couldn't get over it. I'm just like, I I really love the red, like wear more red. It's my personal note to self. And Um, that little bag she carried. It's just, the bag was back. So great. But do you notice how sometimes they carry a folder? I feel like there's more folder action. I feel like it's a new like power move. Getting to work action. Yes. They're serious. I like it. Okay, moving on. The Diana event that was behind the scenes. We didn't get anything about this, but it was the official reception in honor of the unveiling of the Diana statue in the Sunken Garden. It apparently was held at the Sunken Garden outside, which might have been tough because it was really rainy this week, from what Mm -hmm. I understand in the UK. Harry wasn't there, but this was just a delayed event. Kate also was there, so she had a really busy Tuesday. But I'm sad, again, that we don't get any images from this. I would love to see them. But I'm also conflicted because I like that they get a private moment. I mean, I think that we we have such a desire to see because we're voyeurs into this, but it is nice Mm -hmm. that it could be like an intimate gathering to thank those that donated money to make the statue happen. Yeah. And it does seem like with Harry, it's like him and Megan have to really be super conscious about what they pick and what they choose and what they focus on and when they go over. And I think they just have – a lot that they're going to miss, mm-hmm. you know? Unfortunately, that's just the reality of yeah, it. They can't keep they can't go back, every time. So. And it was much more important for them to be there, for Harry to be there in July. Yeah. All right. Well, the reason we're rushing is because we have this incredible guest interview with Emma Cooper. She's the executive producer of the CNN Diana docuseries that Rachel stars in as one of the I sources. love that you keep saying stars. You're so kind, but I do not. <laughs> I'm so starstruck to see you on my TV screen on CNN. It was incredible. So here is our chat with Emma. Row Rose, our very charming audience, please join us in welcoming Emma Cooper, executive producer of the brand new CNN docuseries, Diana, which airs every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. As our listeners already know, Royally Obsessed had the pleasure of participating. I was able to join for a few episodes, which was such an absolute honor. I'm so cl- happy that worked out. It's absolutely stunning. But we are, you know, we've seen a couple episodes so far. It's such an in-depth look, and it's 
a joy to have you on the show. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Well, we wanted to dive right in. You know, it's fascinating because right now, I mean, Diana is everywhere these days. You know, she's on Broadway, on the big and small screen with The Crown and Spencer. Why was this the right moment for you to do an in-depth dive into her life as part of this project? Um, We collectively looked at Diana and suddenly thought, has she really been looked at um, in 2021, in the 2020s, by predominantly women? And the answer was no. Um, And it really felt to, to, to me in particular that this was a real time to look at her in real depth, real analysis and compare her to our own lives and kind of look at her in a very female modern way and really look at, you know, some of the some of the things that happened to her, some of the way people judged her, some of the amazing things that she did. And, you know, I in particular just felt that we've always heard her story from the kind of like the 80s, the 70s, the 80s and 90s. And I didn't know what that looked like um, in a very modern way. So that's why CNN gave us the opportunity to look at her in a very, very modern way. When did conversations about the project begin? Well, quite a long time ago. In fact, I remember being at Sundance in, it might've been 2019 or 20, it would have been 2019. And I first had a conversation with uh, CNN uh, there at the film festival. Um, and 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 then shortly after, they they gave us the green light to go ahead and, and do what is every filmmaker's dream, which is to spend hours on somebody that you've been looking at for all your life, really, and, and be given free reign to really go for it in a really modern way. Well, on that note, Emma, I was just going to ask, we're seeing now all this attention. We're seeing, you know, the film Spencer. We're seeing The Crown's new season continuing with The Crown. Diana, the musical on Netflix. So there's so much attention on Diana right now. Why do you think that is? Why are we all chomping at the bit for more Diana content? Because I think that all of a sudden we've realized what she did and who she was. And we've spent all this time looking at her and admiring her and feeling, you know, the tragedy of areas of her story. And I don't think anybody has ever kind of looked at actually her legacy and actually look at what she's done and looked at how amazing she was as a woman, how she broke new ground as a public figure, as a royal, as somebody who looked at charity in a completely different way and basically transformed the way that people could use their power and their status to 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 shine lights on 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 things that people didn't necessarily want to look at wanted to turn away from Mm -hmm. like HIV you know like landmines and I don't honestly think anybody has really given her that credit of the modern family that we see in front of us is now down a lot of it is down to her and the way she brought up her family, the way she modernized the way it was to be a royal family, to where it was to be a royal mum. And also, you know, her her dealings with the press. And, you know, she was a clever, smart woman. And I don't know if she's really been given that oxygen. Um, And I think that people are really, really beginning to look at her and go, ah, she did a lot. And so we don't just want to see her as a victim all the time. Not that people do, but I think there can be a tendency, um, you know, with with women, um, you know, who've had a life story such as she did and, you know, being taken away when she was so young. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Before we get into the content, I'm so curious because I failed to mention at the top that Emma is dressed in the sheep sweater. <laughs> she dressed the part. I'm just so curious. What was it like for you to choose to work on this project? How, are you royally obsessed? I am 100% obsessed. I could be all this Diana super fan. Um, and I just grown up like looking at her. I think she probably came into my life when I was five. Um, and I have wanted to make this story, this version of her life for a long, long time because I am a feminist, you know, I am now older than she was when she died. And I look at some of the way people treated her and the way some of the you know politicians and the newspapers treated her. And it's outrageous. And I don't think anybody really points that out enough. And so for me, it was just an amazing opportunity to say, I think that Diana is a feminist. I think that she broke real ground as a woman in the public eye. And I think it's about time she got the recognition that she deserves for being an amazingly modern woman at a time when you weren't really allowed to be a modern woman in the public eye. Now, you know, we want to talk about some of the moments that have been uncovered, but Roberta and I are personally quite obsessed with the title credits, the pink that says Diana in the show. It's just like we keep texting while we watch. We're just like, what What is is that that pink? (laughs) (laughs) They did a really fabulous job with the graphics. Oh, well, it was an amazing team. I mean, an amazing team of, of, of majority women who worked on it there was you know an amazing female showrunner and female directors and everybody just really got behind this different lens on Diana and you know as you say you know the 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 whole glaze the whole grammar of the series you know CNN just let us do what we wanted to do and it was just fantastic you know and 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 also to not have a narrator and for Diana to hear her own voice I think was really important to us Mm -hmm. when we started to put her voice in you really felt like you were layering in moments that we hadn't really you know drilled down into before yeah, it's stunning. And I think on that note, you know, you the the footage that you've uncovered as well as her voice, you know, and you have interviews with Elizabeth Emanuel, Angela Rippon, and yeah. James Colthurst. I mean, Andrew Morton pops up in the coming episodes, yeah. I believe. You know, what were some of the tidbits, you know, you're such a Diana super fan that you were surprised to uncover that you hadn't heard in the mainstream? Because I think we know so much of her story, like we talked about. I think the story of her childhood was one that we thought we knew. And I ended up really falling in love with the first episode, even though bizarrely she is she's in it mainly as sort of photographs because there's not much footage of her when she's young. But to really hear the story of her mother and to really hear the story of her parents' divorce and how that possibly kick-started a sort of a level of, you know, emotional, you know, dare I say, abandonment in her from an early age. You know, the real detail of her mother losing custody of the children and her mother being judged very harshly for that in a way that Diana would later be judged for some of her, um, you know, some of her own decisions, I think was really, really important that we properly unpicked that story because I think it's just always glazed over. So that was really very important to set the tone. And also I'd always been obsessed with the moment that she walked down the aisle and when she clocked Camilla 
when she knew when she'd already found out and I it was really important to me that I'd sort of thought that there was maybe footage of us being able to see her kind of like walk walk past Camilla on her way down to marry Prince Charles knowing that she was so young knowing what she had found found out and I I didn't really know if that footage existed because I'd never seen it before and the amazing team uncovered that and then they uncovered you know Diana actually saying and I walked down and I walked down and I clocked her and I saw her and then she explains you know what the, the, the pillbox hat that Camilla was wearing and you just think oh my goodness this is a woman in her you know late teens early 20s it on stage on live television to the biggest audience ever and she is so strong to have walked past a secret that only she knew at that point. And just to see that moment and to cut that moment together so that we could experience it as the young Diana was incredibly moving for me. Um, And I hope it comes across, you know, in the series because all you ever see is that image of her beautiful big eyes peeping from underneath the veil, but she's carrying a lot already and she has not walked down the aisle. And I sort of find it, amazing how strong and determined she is in that moment and yet she's very rarely given credit for that yeah it is so remarkable I think Roberta and I talk mm-hmm. so extensively about her age and like where I was at at 19 yeah. you know and <laughs> definitely yeah. would not have had the wherewithal to to do that and then yeah, knowing no. what she knew yeah. well and so I've only seen the first two episodes but I wanted to ask one thing that struck me Rachel mentioned this earlier that the sources that are interviewed for a lot of these are people that were super close to Diana, like you interview her um, ballet teacher and James Colthurst. Was were people really willing to come do this project with you guys, or was there a lot of kind of persuasion happening behind? I mean, the I think it's always you know if you want people who are close to you know a, a, you know an icon like Diana to 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 speak the team you know they we, we really w- won those people's trust and they knew that we weren't trying to we were trying to you know put together a really authentic really truthful very Diana focused piece and I think that people really understood people who are close to her that we were trying to show the real her we were trying and we were trying to show her you know as a very modern woman and I think that they really came on board with that. But it did, you know, we were in production for quite some time. So it, you know, it did take, we had to win people's trust. But we're so thankful that they came on and that they told their, you know, their their stories. And all of those people who were really close to her, um, you know, just allowed us to see the real Diana. And that's what we wanted. You know, we wanted her voice fully in it. And I think that they really gave us that privilege. Yeah. And I think, I think it feels so comprehensive too. I'm sure Rachel would agree, but it does feel like so many aspects of her life are kind of highlighted in this series. And I am so excited to see the rest of it. Um, We wanted to ask you, so, you know, Diana, as the series mentions a lot is the blueprint for the modern woman um, that I think that's in the teaser for the show. So what do you think makes her so timeless, such an icon for women of today and one that we want to continue to emulate? Um, because in those days, she was not allowed to be a rounded, complex woman. She was not. And actually her brother 
references this in her eulogy and his eulogy is amazing and I I often find myself googling it and just watching it again because it was so powerful and I think he calls her the complex you know she was not allowed to be complex she was not allowed to not by the public anyway and not so not by the public not by the tabloids not by the press not by the politicians she was not allowed to be complex she was not allowed to be vulnerable she wasn't allowed to show any weakness and now hopefully in 2021 the three of us are allowed to 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 be complex to be vulnerable sometimes to not always know and not to be told that we're mad and diana was consistently told by everybody that she was mad she was diminished by a lot of the tabloid editors she was diminished by a lot of the people in the court who said she's crazy and it was just amazing for me to look at her and think well she wasn't crazy she was absolutely amazing but she was one of the first women that said I don't feel great I'm going to cry in public I don't know what I'm going to do my husband's having an affair I've got two children um and that to love me, fashion I think and not be vapid you know to have yeah. substance and still love things yes. that are beautiful yeah that's- yeah and and that for me means that she's the blueprint for the modern woman because she was the first real really famous woman with a lot of power who showed her emotions and who showed what it is to be a woman um and i think that she was judged really harshly for it and now we are allowed to display quite a few of those emotions in a way that she wasn't and that actually makes me feel really sad for her Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. I think that you look yeah. at so many of these fan accounts and they didn't even witness what, you know, she was alive. She wasn't alive during their time, but it's like that's what really translates is that she had all those emotions. She was so vulnerable, but so powerful too. And it really is exactly not to lift the line again, the blueprint for the modern woman. We're lucky to be able to look up to her in that way. Yeah. And, you know, I think she was, you know, we all know the term gaslighting. I think she was, there was a lot of that going on, you know. When she knew that Charles and Camilla, Camilla were having an affair, she was all of the core, the, the I say all, not all, but, you, you know, cer- certain prominent people just said she's she's obsessed. She's 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 mad. It's not true. It's not true. And she obviously was there saying it is. But, you know, she was not allowed that truth. Mm-hmm. And she was not believed. Um, and she was told that she was obsessed with something that was, that was incorrect. Well, you know, we see that around us these days and we're allowed to call it out and say, no, 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 this is gaslighting. This is incorrect. You can't diminish me in this way as a woman. I have a right to say the things that I believe are true. And she just wasn't allowed any of that. Uh, and it and it breaks my heart really. So so that's why it was really important to be able to to, to fix that terminology on it and to look at her as 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 the as the wonderful modern woman that you know we think that she is. We know that she is. Yeah. In that way, she feels sort of pioneering too because she kind of, you know, she raised hell when something wasn't right you know and even in other ways wasn't she really into um like holistic wellness and things like that that are now very normal but 
back then were just people thought she was crazy. So yeah. yeah. There are so many comparisons we wanted to mention between Meghan Markle and Diana. Are the parallel after spending so much time with Diana in the material for this, are the parallels between their journeys accurate, do you feel? Or or what's what do you think are the differences? I think that Meghan probably, you know, as she displays she has a real will and she knows what she wants and what she doesn't want and she's able to to get that um um and i think that diana was in a system where she could do that up to a point but you know they were not modern structures in place people didn't talk about mental health did they i mean you know the main one of you know we talk about it in the episodes, but, you know, about her eating disorder, about her bulimia, they said that it was, you know, a mental illness and that it was because she was mad. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, it's just extraordinary that anybody would say that yeah. now, but that was what, you know, that that's what the perceived truth was. And Diana was completely powerless in that because who was going to listen to her? And I think that Meghan Markle clearly, as we see, is listened to. And she knows what she wants and she extracted herself alongside her family in a very eloquent, elegant way. Um, and I don't think that Diana was allowed the was was not allowed to do that. So she had to sort of stay mm -hmm. inside that gilded cage, really. Um, so I think that's the differences uh, between them. But, you know, you can really see that Diana's legacy has hopefully enabled her sons and their families to live their lives slightly differently than than she than she would have wanted to. Totally agree. Yeah, definitely. Even with I think Kate too taking a lot of um, leaves out of Diana's book, and and definitely William and Harry as well. Do you follow along with the younger royals too? Are you yes, all encompassing royals all the time? I'm watching it. Yeah, of course, because it's eternally fascinating. Yeah. And you know, just like her, they can do great things, and so you watch them, and you hope that they will also capture the imagination of the global public for the right reasons. And they seem to be doing a fantastic job, but they're just doing it in different ways, but they're great. And, you know, when you look at them and you just think about the trauma that they will live through their whole lives and they've had to, they've had to just, you know, grow up in public, you know, without a mother. And, you know, I did find it quite difficult, like, you know, watching back, you know, the day of the funeral and them outside Kensington Palace with the flowers, you know, you just cannot believe that they had to live their pain like that in front of all of us. Um, and I think we all kind of made them do that. And in hindsight, I don't think we all should have done that. I mean, just yeah. everybody in the world just wanted to see them and be with them at that moment. But in hindsight, it was probably quite damaging for them, really. But yeah. You know, they're doing a great job, aren't they? Yes, they are. It's it's a, a very exciting to follow along with all of yeah. the things that they're doing. It, this is sort of cliche, but have you ever seen them in real life? Yes, I have, actually. Oh, yeah. Yes, I okay. have. Um, it was most strange. I was, I have a son and we were at a paintballing party <laughs> and um, Prince William and Prince George were at the next table. Um, and actually, oh my goodness, it was kind of terrible. <laughs> but I um, have got a hoodie and on the back, it's an artist impression 
of Diana as queen and I was wearing that hoodie (laughs) and I was like oh my god William and George are over there I am not going to turn around because I wear it as a sort of a piece of power but I thought oh my god like he doesn't like it I just it just seemed very disrespectful that I was wearing (laughs) like this feels off (laughs) of his mother I mean it was do you think he ever took notice of it you think I hope not (laughs) I hope but I couldn't believe it I was like but at a ping-pong place that's of all places to run into them that's yeah, <laughs> I think what was amazing is that yeah, just totally, totally normal. Both wearing boiler suits that you have to wear when you do paintballing. Aww. Really, you know, no obvious signs of 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 you know anything kind of regal around them. And it was what it was lovely to see. It was lovely to see. And I've seen like Harry a few times, but in restaurants and stuff like that. That's so cool. So. Yeah, they I had to of, ask. I was like, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's everyone too. in London hasn't seen the Royals, but I have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, I, I, I have seen them. Well, before we wrap up, can you tease anything about an upcoming episode? We've still got how many more? Four, five more four to go. Four. Yeah, four. Yes. Yes. Um, for me, I think there's some extraordinary stuff. Um, about her soft power I'll I'll leave you with that with the episode four which like really gets into what what she means to me there's a really a great discussion um about you know the emergence of the soft power that she has and also you know we do go into her relationships and I think that they are really interesting and I think her relationships with men you know and her love affairs are very moving and you know um you know looking at you know the kind of you know what happened with Dodie Mm -hmm. um is, is really interesting so we do get into into her pursuit for love because she was an emotional lovely woman who wanted to be in love like many of us do Mm -hmm. um and you know that eluded her for quite a lot of her life so we do talk about her love affairs which I think I hope you'll find interesting oh I'm so excited I cannot wait to watch the rest of the series well Emma it has been such a pleasure getting to chat with you. you we're so grateful that you came on and Diana on CNN, the docuseries is every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Thank you, Emma. This Thank was great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, lovely. I cannot believe she saw William and George. That was people. the best reveal. I loved that story. All right, before we adjourn the royal pod, here are highs and lows. It's time for the royal highs and lows. My low this week is just that the William Shatner tussle between the tussle between Williams, I guess I'm going to call it. <laughs> uh, so we know that, you know, William, Prince William kind of had a jab in his BBC newscast interview toward the billionaire space race and um, was a little bit eye rolly towards that. William Shatner kind of clapped back. He had just been up and down in Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin rocket and he responded directly to the critique on Entertainment Tonight. The idea here is not to go, yeah, look at me, I'm in space. No, I would tell the prince, and I hope the prince gets this message. This is a baby step of getting industry, all those polluting industries off of earth. You can build a base 250, 280 miles above the earth and send that power down here. I mean, I think we all get the idea, but I think William's trying to say that money is better invested in 
I don't know. Like, I understand that William Shatter's point. Like, it is important, but I, I think, you know, this private company space race where it's a, a, a quarter of a million or a half a million dollars to go up there is just kind of ridiculous. It honestly feels like joy rides to me. Like, I'm not into this. I feel like there yeah. should be, there's a lot of exploration and space going on, but William's right. We need to focus a lot of money on what's happening here. It's not about ignoring that, but put some emphasis on the earth. Yeah. Like William Shatner, that's pretty ballsy to be like, I hope he gets this message. The future king of I didn't like that either. Yeah. Weird. Milo is just the headlines. Have you done a Google search about this sort of I mean, it's no credible publication at all about Diana's tiara and how the headline that I saw was Charlotte came first. Why priceless Diana heirloom is going to Charlotte over Lilibet. So this sort of already about the Spencer tiara, about the Spencer tiara, which, by the way, is in Charles's ninth Earl Spencer's possession, not in the royal collection of jewels. You know what I mean? Like just her brother owns it. Yeah, her brother owns it. It's not really like an assertion that. I doubt this is even a conversation is what I'm saying. And so these yeah. headlines are really just fictional and they're going out of their way to pit Charlotte against Lilibet when they're, I mean, how old is Lilibet? Like babies. Baby. I mean, they're like, like three it's months ridiculous. Old, yeah. Like, and just imagine what it's going to become with the teenage years. I mean, I feel like Duchess M.M. Grace called that out on her Instagram and I feel like it's just so true. It's really gross to see. So that was my low. That's a bummer. My high this week is the queen is a little bit cheeky. Well, first she was caught on a hot, hot mic saying she was irritated by the lack of an uh, the lack of action for climate change ahead of the um, big climate conference that's coming up. But she also turned down an oldie of the year award. I'm sure everyone listening has already seen this, so you know, bear with me. But she said, you are only as old as you, or I guess this note from her secretary says that the queen says you're only as old as you feel. And as such, she didn't believe she met the relevant criteria to accept the oldie award. Yes, the queen. I love this. Mic drop. Such a great moment. The funny thing is that Camilla actually presented honors at the oldie award ceremony. She presented honors for champion knitter of the year and truly scrumptious oldie of the year, which is incredible. She also said watching one's children growing up, enjoying one's grandchildren, knowing they'll be going home after the visit, blah, 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 blah. But I just thought that's so relatable. Also as an aunt, that's how I feel. I'm like, okay, here you go. And goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I love this award ceremony and I loved her note. Yeah. My high was the news that the Lady Die Lookbook is a new title coming out next year by Eloise Morin. She is the woman behind Lady Die Revenge Looks, which is an uh, Instagram account I'm totally obsessed with. The book is coming out in June 2022. Next year is going to be an incredible year for Royal Reads. I'm I feel so like so excited for this. Yeah, so we have Beth and Holt's book coming up on the Queen in April 2022. The Palace Papers, which you it was a high for you last week in April as well. I just feel like we're going to be like needing to, I don't know, quit our jobs to read all these titles. <laughs> Eloise's Lady Die Revenge book, June, and then Harry's memoir. And then Harry's memoir. How did I not mention that one? Crazy. Crazy. Can't wait. Just a reminder before we close, please leave us a royal rating. This one says, I love listening to Roberta and Rachel's joyful and uplifting take on the royals. I also appreciate the discussions on real and necessary subjects, i.e. racial injustice and Prince Andrew. I love everything royals. And every time Royal News breaks, I always think R and R must be freaking out right now. What will they have to say? Good job, ladies. Happy birthday to you both. I'm a Libra and I'm dying to know. Are you ladies Virgos or Libras? This is the best question we've gotten so yeah, far. Yeah, I love the question I, in the in the review too. I am a Libra <laughs> to my core. I'll talk to you about it all day if you want to. What are you? You're I'm, a, a I'm a Virgo, true and true. Yeah. 
I really am. I think, I'm so like really all the Virgo, though. like kind of, I guess, type A, but not in a good way sometimes and I think, worrier. No, I, Virgos are so, I feel like you're so, um, attention to detail is incredible. So I try, but not always. <laughs> this should be a whole segment. It's royal. Great review. Stuff. Send us question in your reviews. This is awesome. Yeah. And please email us info at gallerypodcasts.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcasts. Until next week, God, God save, save the, the pod. pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.